team at My Mortgage are all about making it easy to buy your first home. So we've put together some conversations where Claire and Greg talk about the process and share some of our top tips to help you on your journey. Kia ora everyone, it is Greg and Claire here from My Mortgage. Hello. Hello, hello. And today we are going to talk about how can family help you with your first home purchase and there is a myriad of Mm. ways that you can do this. So we're going to just talk about each one separately and a few of the pros and cons and um, maybe some examples as well of how we've seen it really successful. So Greg, do you want to kick us off with the first way that we can have some help from family? Yeah, and this is probably a way that we get asked about a lot and it's not as easy as it used to be, um, unfortunately. Mm. So this is a a parental guarantee. So often we get first home buyers who say to us, hey, mum and dad have said that they'll guarantee our lending for us. So the banks aren't that keen on parental guarantees anymore. Um, It used to be one of those things, you know, the mum and dad walk into the bank manager and shake the bank manager's hand and say, hey, I'll pay for my kids' loan if they don't pay for it. And the bank manager will be like, yeah, you know, John and Jill are good people, they'll do that. There was maybe some paperwork in the background as well, but um, it is quite a simple thing from a legal point of view and that sort of thing. Obviously, no cash changes hands as well, which is really nice, but it does actually restrict the parents from being able to do things because say you had a loan of $500,000, that basically becomes $500,000 worth of debt that mum and dad are then liable for. And so if they're trying to do other things, maybe they're buying property, maybe they've got business ventures, those sorts of things, that'll actually stop them from doing that. Also, a bank generally won't do it unless your parents are with the same bank. So, you know, that limits your options there. And it can be really complex to unwind at the end as well. Mm, So what we're finding is that most lawyers and accountants aren't actually recommending that as an option for people anymore. And as I said before, we've actually had some pushback where the banks are just like, nah, we're not going to do parental guarantees anymore. So um, it's not the best option, even though mum and dad might think that that might be the best option. There are some better ones, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. I think the last thing to know around the parental guarantee also is that you actually have to be earning money now. You can't actually guarantee anything if you're not earning. So under things like um, the Responsible Lending Code and Triple CFA, all banks actually have to assess everyone that's involved, their ability to hold that lending. So there are a couple of other things. So a couple of the banks have a thing called the springboard loan, which I think is genius. So essentially, it's a BNZ and Westpac backed product, essentially, where the parents and the children, we'll call them in this situation, um, they actually borrow some money together to make up to a 20% deposit. So just to explain that, to keep it really simple, let's say you were buying a house for $500,000 and you had a 10% deposit. So you had 50k. And we we need another 50K to make up to 20%. So essentially what the bank does is they lend that extra 50K guaranteed by mum and dad's property, essentially using the equity of mum and dad's property, but limiting that to only 50K. So that reduces the risk for your parent, but it also means that they've got really clear transparency around seeing how quickly you're paying it back. That loan is in all four names and it's generally also over a shorter loan term. So the repayments are higher and it means that you can then get back to that 20% equity space quite quickly. So it's a really good one. It does rely though on parents 
needing to be with either Westpac or BNZ. Um, none of the other banks do it, but it is a really good solution for mm. if you've got a lower deposit and you want mum and dad to help out. Yeah, and often what we've done is um, when that has worked really well, we've put that little mini loan, so maybe that 50k as Claire mentioned, into as higher repayments as we can and put the rest of your loan, so the 80%, onto interest only. Mm. And the bank's happy to do that so that we can get mum and dad off that lending as quickly as possible. Then you can focus on the rest of your loan from there. And getting to that 20% deposit just gives us uh, better options. It gives us options across all the banks. It gives uh, lower servicing requirements. Means we can, you know, you can have things like borders and those sorts of things. Means that maybe you've got some credit staff or whatever. So it just gives us way more options. We can't, you know, you can do less than 20% loans, but there's some complications with that. Um, So one of the other options is joint ownership. So this might be where uh, mum and dad are going, hey, we actually want to buy in with you. And maybe they want to do it as a little bit of an investment for themselves. And what we need to do there, it's a really good way. It means that uh, mum and dad can come in and go, cool, we're going to buy 50%. You're going to own 50% of it. Mum and dad might have experiences and been investors, those sorts of things, which is really beneficial to have in. And then down the track, you can potentially look to buy mum and dad out and maybe at a slightly higher amount so that they can get some investment lending there as well. So I suppose the negative, the downside to it will be that there's a bit of lack of privacy uh, in terms of you've got mm-hmm. to share accounts, loan accounts and that sort of thing with mum and dad. And the, a loan application. And a loan application, yeah. So uh, mum and dad will have to actually apply for that lending. And then um, there's a liability for your parents if you don't repay your lending. So say you decide to leave and go to Mexico, mum and dad are left with all of the debt. And so that's just something to take into account. There is obviously at some point, if someone wants to get out of that, it needs to be unwound. What does that mean? So a uh, mm. relationship property agreement would be a really good idea, even if it's with mum and dad. Yeah, so the joint ownership can be really good. As Claire mentioned before, with those parental guarantees, mum and dad need to be able to service the debt. So yeah. if they've stopped working, often what we find is that as people get towards you know retirement age, they're very asset rich, but mm. they're sometimes cash flow poor, and that can be a negative from the bank's point of view. So Yeah, there's another sort of implication there for parents as well under Brightline rules. Mm. So those have changed a lot. They could change again. Mm-hmm. And so you really need to make sure that mum and dad get some really good advice from a tax accountant around this because they're obviously or most likely not living in the property with you. They've probably got their own home. And if they are not living in a property, then there'll be a bright line test requirement if you sell within or sell out to you as the child or the kid <laughs> within a certain period of time. So definitely need to get some advice around that. And by Brightline test, what Claire means is uh, they might get charged tax on any profits they make on that. So if they're selling it to you, so you buy it for 500000 with mum and dad, and then in three years' time, you buy it off them for 700000 they could get charged tax on that. And most people don't generally want to do that. So um, getting good tax advice early on is really important. Yeah. So the next way that we can have some family help you out is a loan for deposit or to make up the difference that you need maybe to make up to 20%. So there are a couple of ways people do this. So sometimes it's a loan from cash reserves. So it could be a family trust or simply just some money that they've got invested. They might be getting a bit of an average return and they might look to lend that money to you instead of putting it in the bank. Couple of implications here. So the first one being if they are loaning money to you with a a defined interest rate and a defined loan term, like when you need to pay it back, 
The bank will assess your ability to service that lending as well. So just bear that in mind. We often have conversations around that. Mm. But often what parents do is they say, hey, look, we want this paid back or we want to be fair across three children, mm-hmm. say, but we don't actually care when we get it back and we don't want you to pay interest on it, we don't mind. So that's probably the most preferable from a bank perspective where we get essentially a loan agreement saying that you don't have to pay it back until the property sells is, is generally an, a good one and essentially that keeps everybody safe. Yeah, and also what it does is if you're buying, say, with your partner and then at some point there might be a relationship separation, it actually protects mum and dad's money or grandma and granddad, whoever's giving that money, protects that because if you separated, the house would be sold in one way or another. Mum and dad could get their money back and then whatever's left over could then be separated between the parties after the bank has been paid back the mortgage as well. So it is a really good way as opposed to the next way, which would be gifting. Mm. And that's where mum and dad might just go, hey, look, here's $25,000 for you to go and do whatever you want with in terms of to buy a house. And then you go and buy a house. Now, if down the track, you and your partner separated, for example, or a partner came into the ownership of the property, those sorts of things, then that gifted money would become part of a relationship property agreement. So the loaning option, even if mum and dad are saying, hey, look, I don't ever want it back, doing it as a loan is a really good way to just protect everybody in that situation. Yeah. And I think mum and dad also really need to get some legal advice if possible. Um, So particularly if there's a disbursement from a trust or or there are multiple children involved, like it's a little bit easier if you're an only child, but when there are multiple children and they might be at different stages of life, then the parent has to work out how they're going to actually divvy out that money. The last thing that we are seeing quite a lot lately, um, particularly as equity has grown over time, property values have gone up, and also it's becoming a little bit less attractive to be an investor, Mm. that parents are looking to sell property to their children. And sometimes they're happy to sell that at below market value Mm. or they're happy to include a a gifted or loaned portion of that purchase price's deposit. So Greg's our expert in this space. (laughs) Um, So he's going to have a bit of a talk about that. Yeah, so say mum and dad have an investment property and they're saying, hey, look, we want to sell this to you. Maybe something like mum and dad are moving out of the family home and moving to the beach or something like that. Lucky them. And and they're going to buy, you're going to buy the house that they live in, those sorts of things. And they're saying, hey, look, we only want 600000 for it. It's worth a million dollars, but we'll just give it to you for 600000 That's awesome. And we've instantly got equity there, but we just need to manage that in a good way, like Claire was saying. So that can work in two ways. So let's use those numbers. Million dollar property, mum and dad are saying you can have it for 600000 They can do uh, two things, really. One is they could say, we're going to gift you the equity, gift you that 400 grand, or they could loan you that equity, so loan you the 400 grand. And either way, doesn't really matter to the banks, and then we're going to go and get a $600,000 home loan for you. Now, if we didn't do it that way, say they said it's a million dollars and you can have it for 600 grand, and you just said, cool, the value of that house is 600,000, that bank will take that purchase price as the value. And so what we need to happen, we need it to actually be sold to you at a million dollars and then gifted or loaned the equity in the property. Because otherwise, If it's bought for $600,000 and you're getting $600,000 worth of lending, you have 100% lending. Now, we know it's worth more 
than that, but the bank will take the purchase price as mm. the value. Yeah. So it's really important that we do it that way. Now, there is still potentially some bright line implications, that tax thing. So if mum and dad haven't owned it for long enough or whatever, so you need to get some really good advice there from a, a tax accountant. But if um, all those things are ticked off, it's a really good way of being able to buy a property at below market value from your family with a loan or a gift, that sort of thing. So uh, mm. that would be the way uh, that we would suggest doing that. And as I mentioned, good legal advice, good tax advice, and uh, good advice from a mortgage broker is going to make a massive difference there. Yeah. So that probably wraps up um, our wee podcast on how family can help, or, or actually the Bank of Mum and Dad, which is now New Zealand's fifth, fifth or sixth biggest yeah, bank. Fifth so. Biggest uh, bank. Stay tuned. Next time we're going to be talking about some different stuff. We will look forward to connecting again with you soon. Thanks, Greg. See ya. Wherever you're at, you can get in touch with our friendly, easygoing team and get some advice tailored just for you. At My Mortgage, we never say no, only here's the plan. And we're happy to take the time to take you through the process and make it easy. My Mortgage, making home loans more fun and less boring since 2012.